occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 80. Wow. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses with the mostesses this evening. Oh my goodness, we're really ramping it up for episode 80. We are. Here we are after a short hiatus. Hiatus. Hatious. What are you covering today? (laughs) This week, I'll be talking to you about the... Mad Gasser of Mattoon, also known as the Anesthetic Prowler and Phantom Anesthetist. Okay, well, the first part sounded friendly. The second part sounded like something I've had nightmares about. Mad Gasser? Someone's gassy. He's mental. Burps. Whoa. No. No, no. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the White House Farm murders. Well, yours doesn't sound even a bit friendly. No, and you know what? This is the third thing that I had to research because all the others that I was looking at, we have a spreadsheet. Sometimes I I skim through it. I'm like, that looks really interesting. I'll learn about that. And then I learn about it and it's terrible. And there's there's not enough time to try and think of other things. I go through the other things on my list and sometimes they're good and sometimes you've got to chuck them out. Well, that's just the moral of life, really, isn't it? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes you've got to chuck it out. And that's just the way it is. That's how you stop being a hoarder. Which I have yet to learn. Yeah, that's something I've been trying to teach you. But first, the news. Oh my god, the news. The news. The news is, of course, from unexplained-mysteries.com. And it's a little bit older because of the brief hiatus. So I kind of took it upon myself to be allowed to have it in the past two weeks. Uh, It's from the end of August. And it's to do with ABC News Australia. While a news presenter was talking about a new law... For people going to prison for hurting police animals, which I thought was sweet, they had a broadcast takeover. It wasn't quite as viral as the Max Headroom news takeovers, but it was still pretty insane. It only lasted about two seconds, but in the clip you can see a room illuminated with red lights, two people in black cloaks, one with a hood up. They're saying, Hail Satan. Oh my gosh. Another one is sitting, raising their arm up. They also have a table covered in red cloth with a pentagram on and an illuminated upside-down cross. Well, that's terrifying, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. After that, the report continued as if, you know, just business as usual, nothing really happened there. We'll just move on quick. No one addressed it. And then a couple of days after, people realised that the footage was from the Noosa Temple of Satan livestream. But no one really knows how they got it on the live broadcast or what was going on there. That's wild. Why no one addressed it? Yeah, I thought you might find it a bit weird. We'll post a photo of the clip on social media if you want to see it at Mint's Magic Pod. Interesting. Spooky. Very weird. I'm How do you, you even so. broadcast something like that? I don't know. I don't understand takeovers, even a bit. Isn't it live? Instagram live takeovers. <laughs> no, I understand that. But like for a whole, like ABC News, they're pretty big. How do I mean, you... it can be live and you can... Would they edit live? Yeah, but they couldn't edit it out. Well, yeah, because it was live. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. How did they get on it? Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm confused about. I don't know. Yeah. Mental. Now you know. Is a bit strange. It is. Oh, well. Well, the fact that I told you the news means that you have to then tell me a story. That's how this exchange works. Oh, I thought we were done here. Okay. (laughs) So today I'm telling you about the White House farm murders. Preface for this, some children die. 
I will not be going over it in detail, but just so you know. No children die in my one if you want to skip ahead. Sources, BBC, Independent, Wikipedia, The Argos. Argos is in, like, the Brighton newspaper, not The Argos, the catalogue. The Argos? For food, for food, for toys. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, what are you talking about? And The Express. So this to- story, oh my goodness, this is a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were just saying to Patreon how this was going to be the best episode ever. So this story takes place in a small village in Essex, which is in southeast England. Oh, I've been there. You're familiar with it, Kate? Oh, I know it. Just over the tunnel. <laughs> this is August 1985. A great year for film, if I might add. What was then? Back to the Future, one of my favourites. Goonies, Breakfast Club. I've still never seen The Goonies. It's like a childhood movie for me. My sister really liked it. Okay, so White House Farm was owned by Ralph Neville Bamber, who went by Neville, so of course I'll just be calling him that, and his wife June. Neville was 61, a former RAF pilot, and a magistrate at the local court. He was described in court as being a well-built man, of six foot four and in good physical health. This might be important later for you to remember. Oh my god, Kate will not remember this. And the two got married in 1949. Is there a quiz at the end? Yes, there will be a pop quiz. <laughs> oh no. Should we do that? I don't think we should. Because I try and maintain, but cannot. And then I tell you my story afterwards, forgotten everything you've just said. Yeah, my I'm here to get my story out and then leave. I'm not even here when Kate speaks. Could you imagine? Most of the time I look at her, she's just off. She's staring off. I'm listening, I'm just zoning out. Yeah. If you're watching us from Patreon, I'm I'm really sorry, my eyes are just glazed. (laughs) June's father had previously owned the farm when she got it, so I'm not sure whether it was inherited, if, like, he passed away, or if he purchased it for her, if it was, like, a hand-me-down gift. I I understand that we've not ascertained the obtaining of the property. Now she has it, anyways. It's 300 acres of farmland. So the couple moved in together after they were married to start their life together. Aww. So they were pretty well off. They had secure assets. They owned the farmhouse, the 300 acres of land it was on. Oh my god. L- acres of land. Acres of land. <laughs> acres of land it was on. They also owned property in London, a caravan site. They were like pretty cushy. Pretty what? Cushy. <laughs> cushy. It seemed like they were pretty set on living out, like, the family dream. You know, marrying, like, relatively young to their sweetheart, having a nice big house, a couple of children. But unfortunately, they weren't able to have any biological children. But that obviously didn't dampen their spirits because they adopted two babies. Jeremy and Sheila. They adopted at the same time? I can't tell. Okay. But they were not related to each other. So they were just, like, babies from different, like, biological parents. Give me two. Any two. Just pick two. Whichever ones are the nicest. Close your eyes and spin. Um, I imagine they were pretty excited to raise this beautiful family because they were now. They gave their children a good safe home and private schooling. However, shortly after they adopted Sheila, June began to become very depressed. She was admitted into psychiatric care in the 50s and was given electroshock therapy, Ooh. which I'm sure you have some opinions about. Yikes. That's not good. Electroshock therapy is not... It's not good, right? I'm just going to come out and say it. It's not good now, and in the 50s, it was definitely not good then. It 
just basically destroyed people's brain essentially it was like well they're not depressed and they were just staring at the window unable to form words well she had it at least six times that's not bad i'm not sure whether it's related to her depression but when she adopted the children you know in some kind of psychological way but either way june did not get on with her children especially june she they couldn't see eye to eye so june was very religious and she wanted her kids to have the same ideologies is is one of her kids Kids called June? No. You said especially June. Especially Sheila. Right. I'm pretty sure I said that. Wrong. <laughs> you said especially June. I was like, wait, June named her kid June? Have I missed something? Is there? Is this the quiz? But especially Sheila. Right. They did not see eye to eye. So June was a very religious woman. She wanted her kids to have the same ideologies, religion as her. And she did this by like forcing it upon them. Mm, that's um, always the best way to get your children to agree with you. And as she got older, Sheila felt like her mother disapproved of her and her way of life. And one of the reasons was because of her pregnancy. So in 1974, Sheila became pregnant. She was 17 years old and unmarried. So her parents arranged for her to have an abortion. But I think that massively affected her relationship with her mother. You know, what she thought of her. Mm. And then this got worse because June saw Sheila sunbathing naked with her boyfriend, Colin, in a field. Wow. And apparently from then on, she referred to Sheila as the devil's child. Well, you know what, June? It's the 70s. Grow up. June doesn't make it to the end of this story. So just be careful what you say about her. Listen, she's a bit angry for no reason here. Her boyfriend, Colin, was an art student and the two got married in 1977. They had twin boys together two years after they got married, called Nicholas and Daniel. However, Colin began having an affair, and they divorced in 1982. They both were involved with the children after the divorce, um, but the majority of the time they lived with their father in North London, Mm -hmm. because Sheila's health was declining. Oh. So she began experimenting with party drugs, and Mm -hmm. took on some low-level, like, paying jobs, um, in her mother's eyes, I guess. So, like, hairdressing modeling waitressing in a restaurant where you have to wear schoolgirl outfits which is very creepy um wow what a niche yeah and some other things that her mom was just i think they were kind of like a well-to-do family and i think it was just kind of like you're the disappointment child don't do that yeah, yeah. she was living in a flat that her father had bought for her and her mental health was just getting worse so sometimes she would just bang her head against the wall oh wow um she was diagnosed with schizophrenia by her doctor who wrote that sheila believed the devil had given her powers to project evil onto others. And she also started calling her sons the devil's children, like her mother had done to her. Which is pretty sad. Wow. It's crazy how, like, I mean, there's obviously a link there, you know what I mean? Her mum was saying that to her, and then she's just internalised that. Yeah. Colin said that sometimes Sheila would act out and hit him because she was having an aggressive episode where she thought he was going to kill her. Right. But she never heard the children... She never had any experience with weapons. She didn't think that... He didn't think she would ever hurt or kill anybody or herself, Mm -hmm. even though she'd expressed suicidal thoughts during psychotic episodes. Yeah. Um, She was treated with an injection of medication monthly for that. (laughs) That's the most sketchy thing you ever said. She was treated treated with with an injection of medication antipsychotic medication right i didn't write the drug down because i'm not gonna be able to pronounce <laughs> no, that that's fine it's i just... can barely say anything 
Oh no, it's fun. It's just, it's, it's funny that you she wrote that much with a she had, something. She um she had something at some point. She was dealing with that. Yep. Her sons did not really like June that much um, because she made them pray on their knees with her, which upset them. They were six years old, and I think it just kind of they didn't like it. And Daniel decided to be, decided to become vegetarian, but June would still make him eat meat. Yikes! Why? What's the point? I guarantee you're having meat, veggies, and some form of potato. Are you still with me with the family? I think so. Okay. So the other child is named Jeremy. Remember him? Okay. This is Sheila's child. No, this is June and Neville's child. This is Sheila's adopted brother. They adopted right, two babies. Right, 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 right. So Jeremy left school in sixth form, and his father paid for him to travel to Australia and New Zealand to do a scuba diving course. Wow. And his friends, or his former friends, say that while traveling, he broke into a jeweler's and stolen an expensive watch. So he was kind of like a... A bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. He returned back to his parents' home in 1982 to work on their farm for £170 a week. How much is that now, Kate? 350 520 Oh, I'm so bad at that. That isn't relevant, but I wanted to see if you guess it. Is that, like, what, minimum wage, or is he working seven days a week? I have no idea how much he's working. Should he be calling the union? Um, £500 a week. What is that a month? Like, two, two grand. grand. Wow. Oh, that's job, pretty Jeremy. good. Go on. I don't know how often he was working, Work but the that's farm. it's probably that's... longer hours though. Anyway, I don't know because it's his parents. I don't know what they were giving him. That's like good money though. That's not minimum wage. I presume he got a house there as well. He lived in a cottage three miles away that yeah. his father also owned. Yeah, and he also didn't get on with his mother. He didn't even speak to her. So now we have some background info. Let's go to the family gathering that didn't end well. So it was Sunday the fourth of August on 1985. And Sheila and her sons had arrived to the farm to spend the week with their parents, you know, their grandparents. On that day, the housekeeper said hello to Sheila, and they said that she seemed perfectly normal. Oh no, I'm not getting good feelings about Sheila anymore. And she was also seen by two farm workers the next day, who said that she seemed fine as well, perfectly normal. I'm guessing that Sheila is not perfectly normal at this moment. Oh, well, wouldn't you like to know? I would. On the Tuesday... Jeremy visited the farm, presumably for work, and he left at 9.30pm, according to the workers there. Jeremy left. Jeremy is not here anymore. Okay. <laughs> that night, the farm secretary called Neville, and she thought she'd interrupted an argument because he was short with her, and he hung up, kind of irritated, and she was like, he's a very calm man. Very weird, something must be happening. Neville. Neville is the dad. Thank you. There are only, like, four names here. Listen... I know, but everyone's had kids, so we started off with just a couple, now we've got a whole family. I can't even remember your family. <laughs> can't remember my own family. I don't even know who you are. That night, June's sister called and spoke to Sheila, who said she seemed fine, but quiet, and also June, and she said that she seemed normal. Then, in the early hours of the morning on August 7th, just the day after Jeremy had left, Jeremy called the police. It was close to 4am. He said that his father had called him saying, your sister's gone crazy and has a gun. Then he heard a gunshot and the line went dead. Oh my goodness. He called the police um, and then he drove to the farm with the officers. They thought it was a bit odd because he was driving really slowly. But then he got to the farm. 
This part is really, really frustrating. Why is that odd? Because he thinks that his family might be dead and he's going really slow. Yeah, I suppose. But equally, would you want to rock up if your sister's got a gun? Well, that's what they argued later, yeah. Right. So this part is very frustrating. I don't know why the heck they would do this. There's a lot of bad police work. Trample all over the crime scene. In this episode, tons of bad police work. So they got there with the firearms unit at Mm -hmm. Mm 5am. And they decided it was best to wait until it was light out to go into the house. For some reason. So they determined that all the bedrooms, like the windows and the doors were all shut besides one bedroom window on the first floor. And while they were waiting for the sun to rise, for some reason, they talked to Jeremy, who seemed pretty calm. He said that his sister was, quote, a nutter, and that his father probably called him instead of the police because they were kind of um, like a hush family. They didn't want anything yeah, to get out of the public. Yeah, it's like keep it in the family. Don't tell, you, don't tell everyone that your sister's, you know, having an episode. Yeah. They thought it was a bit odd that he'd called the local police station instead of calling 999. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I don't think it would make you any faster, regardless. I just didn't think about it. He said Sheila was familiar with a gun. They'd been shooting together in the past. Um, Also that he'd left a rifle at the house because he thought he'd heard rabbits. And he'd left it on the table fully loaded with ammunition nearby. Seems entirely normal, I guess. So regardless of what you think later, first of all, why would you leave a loaded gun in a house with children? And a lady who has psychotic episodes. Was it fully loaded or was the ammo just nearby? Both. It was loaded and there was ammo nearby. Also... How do you know of a rabbit's nearby without hearing it? Or if you do hear it, how do you hear a rabbit? They don't make any noise, right? I suppose, but, like, you can hear them, like, scratching around. If you thought there was a rabbit, like, under the house or something, or, like, you might have seen rabbit droppings. If he went hunting before, I could understand that. You know what I mean? Fair. I've never done that. It's not my thing at all. And I was just like, oh, rabbit's really quiet. It's not like it's, like, a fox and you can hear the noise. You could, like... If you were out one night... Ooh, I hear a guinea pig in the distance. <laughs> no, if you were out one night, I guess you might be able to hear something rustling. Maybe, And yeah. then, like, see a rabbit dropping and be like, there's a rabbit here, I'm going to kill it. Fair. That For wasn't reason. me being, like, suspicious. I just was like, how the fuck do you hear a rabbit? <laughs> no, it's, it's worded pretty weirdly, but I presume that's what, kind of, it means. Eventually, the police entered the house at 7.54am. So if anyone was still alive, they'd be dead. Anyways... They broke down the door, which had been locked from the inside, and they found Neville in the kitchen in his pyjamas, and he'd been shot eight times. Wow. And there was evidence of a struggle. June was found in her nightdress. She'd been shot seven times. Seemed to have been quite quick. The boys were found in their bed. Same thing had happened to them. Sheila was found on the floor of the bathroom with her mother, and she had two gunshots in her throat. So Sheila had died. They'd all died. But from the throat. Yes. So she had one in her chin and one in her throat. So they were like, oh, it's suicide. And she'd hit her chin first and it didn't kill her, but it bled. So she shot herself in the throat right afterwards. With a rifle? With a rifle. What long arm, Sheila. Mm. Well, at first glance, murder-suicide. Wrong. And the police and the media were on this. They put it in the paper. They were like, psychotic mum, kill their boys and then herself, you know, the way the media does. Mm. Blood samples showed that she'd used her antipsychotic medicine and she'd used cannabis several days earlier, but nothing, like, that would make her go, like, 
yeah off on one i guess there was nothing about her that suggested a struggle um her hands besides one of them was clean of blood her nails were manicured her feet were clean there was no trace of lead dust on her mm. and the detectives were like if the rifle was used to kill all these people with this many like bullets you would have had to reload the gun at least once which would mean that you'd have lubrication and dust on your hands but they were completely clean um, there was blood on her nightdress, but it was confirmed to be hers. And they thought it was suspicious because in the kitchen where Neville was killed, there was sugar all over the floor, but there was none on her feet, which were bare, you know, the way it kind of sticks to you. Mm. Well, it's weird as well, because I'm not being funny. If it's a full-on rifle, if you shoot yourself in the chin, say, to commit suicide, right, that gun is going to recoil... So you're going to have to either have a really tight grip, which is unlikely because it's hard enough to reach the trigger, or it's going to blow back. You're going to have to get up with a face full of blood, be able to make sense of it, aim it all up again, and then shoot yourself in the throat. Yeah. Well, then the investigation just went downhill because the police just tried to like brush this over. Um, they were like, murder-suicide, media's on it, let's just leave it now. So then they did some of the worst police work we've talked about. Um, they didn't preserve any of the evidence. They didn't secure the crime scene. They didn't search it properly. They burned all of the bloodstained carpets and bedding, like, the next day. They just burned it all. They got rid of all of the evidence. So that Jeremy didn't get upset. Oh, Petal. I mean, his entire family's dead, but... Yeah, I don't see the carpet, though. They moved the weapon without gloves. It wasn't examined for prints until like three weeks later. And they just gave Jeremy and his cousins the keys. His cousins came over and they were just like, it's fine, we've got rid of all the evidence, you just go back in. So, which part of Essex was this? Some village. That's what I'm thinking. If it's local policing... It is, yeah. Then there's just no experience it's of a homicide, be. is there? Really? Yeah. Well, also... They thought it was quite strange because... Um, also, this family's well off. Yeah, yeah. The way that the bodies were laid out, it would have been odd, especially for the boys in bed, from them not have heard the gun. But the silencer wasn't on it when they found it, and they didn't look for it. They didn't bother to look for it to see if it had been, like, hidden, discarded. They didn't look. They were just like, they didn't use a silencer, that's fine. But then people were like... Why is everyone just taking a kit? Why is everyone asleep then? Yeah. Or just like stood? Waking up being like, oh, someone's been shot. Anyway, yeah, back you, to bed. you wouldn't do that. So then one of Jeremy's cousins found it a few days later in a cupboard and it had blood on it, like it had been used before and then taken off at the end. <laughs> Did the police not open any cupboards? No. Oh, cool. They just went in and went, oh, she's dead. Oh, there's a bunch of dead bodies here. Shit. And then they came to collect it three days later. Sound, yeah. The bodies were cremated or buried again, like pretty much very quickly. And the police were just like, please leave us alone now. We've done it. It's finished. Go away. Then the funeral happened. Um, and right after that, Jeremy traveled to Amsterdam with his girlfriend. And he began selling all of his family's stuff, including, get this, nude photos of Sheila to the press for £20,000. Pretty sketchy, right? Not only that, the press is fucking disgusting. I don't think that they bought it, but he still tried to sell, I think it was 20 nude images of Sheila, 
Why the fuck? Even if you hated your sister, that's if at she least twenty herself, more nude images than a brother should have of their sister. Very strange. Yeah. So a month after the deaths, Jeremy's girlfriend Julie told police that Jeremy had been planning on killing his family for a while. Oh, cool. And she thinks that he did it. Sound. She also said that he staged a break-in at his family's caravan park in the past so that he could steal a thousand pounds from it for her. And he'd gotten away with it. They'd all believed it. The police had believed it. So why would he not be able to get away with this, you know? She said that Jeremy was a psychopath who tried to smother her with a pillow in the past. Oh. What? It's not very good, is it? She said that he said he would get rid of them all because they were trying to ruin his life. His dad was old, his mother was mad, and he hated that his sister had nothing to live for and that his father had bought her an expensive apartment. As if she doesn't have two children. I mean, they live with their dad, but they'd also given him a cottage, so I don't really know what his issue was. Well, she's still got two children. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I they think... don't live with her, but like, she's got at least, at least two things to live for. Yeah, right? Well, he also talked, allegedly, about giving them sleeping pills, shooting them and burning down the house. And that Sheila would make a good scapegoat because she was mentally ill. Hmm. So this guy has basically just told his girlfriend his entire plan. I wonder why he didn't go have a burn in the house. I don't know. Well, he might not have done it. Well. 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 Oh, he also said that the kids were disturbed. Oh. So he didn't like them either. Oh, right. They weren't innocent in this. I feel like he's just chucking things in now. Yeah, he said that they were, they were disturbed. So the weekend before the murders, Jeremy randomly dyed his hair black and then he called her, his girlfriend, to say that um, it was tonight or never. And then he called her back later, right before he called the police, to say that his father was being attacked. Like before he, apparently he said that he got the phone call and then called, the, called his girlfriend and then called the police. As you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. He called her to say that something was wrong at the farm. But it was like half three, four a.m. So she was just like, "What are you talking about? I'm tired. Go yeah, away. Let me go to bed, please." So then he called her again in the morning to say that Sheila had attacked his family. But when she arrived, apparently he pulled her to the side and said, "I should have been an actor." Wow. Wow. Later that day, she outright asked him if he'd done it, and he was like, "No, but a friend of mine had, and I'd paid him." Okay. And then because of this, he was arrested just a few days after that. Well, good. I mean, at least the police were like, hang on. <laughs> Something <laughs> weird's afoot. Jeremy said his girlfriend was lying because he was trying to break up with her and she was pretty angry. Mm -hmm. And then when he helped her rob the caravan, it was just to prove the security was poor so that his dad would, like, up the security. And that he loved his family. Hmm... He said the gun was always used to shoot rabbits without the silencer because otherwise it wouldn't fit in its case, which is why it wasn't on it. But he was arrested regardless and sent to trial. If you always killed rabbits without the silencer, why is there blood on the silencer? Yeah, well, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking too. I feel like you weren't. <laughs> so the prosecution argued that he was motivated by the hatred of his family because mm -hmm. he didn't like them and the inheritance was obviously pretty big. Um, his parents, Will, because they were in their 60s, was addressed to both children. But if he killed Sheila and the grandkids, then it would all go to him. And it was a pretty hefty fortune, obviously. He had all the properties. I think they'd given him the, like a left like a million pounds or something. This reminds me 
right, sorry, I'm just going to take take a step to one side. We'll move away from the, the darkness for a second. Um, my brother has got a running joke that he's got an order for us and he's going to kill us off. So if that happens, <laughs> I want you to I'll know. cover it. It was my brother. Yeah, please do. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know which order I'm bumping you all off on so that he's the only one that gets the will. I will cover it on the show yeah. when you go. I mean, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be lovely. Yeah, bring some attention to it. I mean, you Fame may as well death. get famous from my death. Someone's got a profit off of it. <laughs> if it's not me, it's going to be someone else. I don't want another podcast to get it first. I want the exclusive rights. Could you imagine if another podcast got to my death before you did? Then I'd kill them and we'd have another death to cover. Oh my God. Oh my God, this is taking a very dark turn. What if we just go out and get every other podcast? You want we're to. the only true crime podcast left. And we're an authentic group of people. Someone call the local police quickly. Actually, call your spouse first and then call the local police. Anyway, back to the darkness. <laughs> well, that wasn't really a step aside from it, was it? They said that the family gave Jeremy less money than he wanted, which made him pretty angry, and that he'd driven home that night and came back on a bicycle later. Enter through the back door through an open window, taking the rifle with the silencer attached to it, and killed the family. Then he quickly arranged the scene to make it look like Sheila was the killer, and then he realised the gun would be too long for a suicide with the silencer attached, mm. so he quickly took it off and just put it in the cupboard, hoping that no one would see it. I wonder why, though, if he was a hunter, why he shot her twice? Because surely that's going to look less believable. Maybe she was struggling. Maybe. Maybe he was angry. Oh, no, I get that. But I mean, like, if he'd staged the rest of it, do you know what I mean? And then pedal cycled home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they did find the silencer, obviously. It did have blood on it, which made it seem like it had been removed before being... It had been used before being removed. Yeah. He then put blood on her hands, removed the phone from the hook, because that was off, you know, to make it look like he'd actually called him, um, and then cycled back then waited for 4am to call his girlfriend and then called the police. They said that if his father had called him, he would have called 999 instead of the local police force because what are they going to do? They drove so slowly over there because they've never dealt with this before. And then he would have driven himself there as well as alerting all the people who worked at the farm. Right. What are you struggling with here? Nothing, carry on. And then the defence said that Jeremy loved his family and his girlfriend had lied about the confession because he was unfaithful to her and wanted to end the relationship. And I just have to say... Here we go. If you're cheating on your girlfriend and you plan on breaking up with her, why would you confess a murder to your girlfriend that you are going to cheat on? Because they're going to tell the police. No, but like the defence is that like he never said that. I know what the, what the defence is. But I'm pretty sure he did that anyway. Or he at least didn't want to be with her around that time. Right. Anyway. Maybe he just said that he didn't want to be with her because she just dobbed him in. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, there were mo no marks on her that, him that night, which made him look innocent. Um, he drove slowly because he was afraid, which yeah, that would make I sense. guess is believable. Um, they said Sheila was the killer. She knew how to handle a gun when she was younger, and she'd been dealing with violent thoughts against herself and her children for a while. She didn't like her parents, especially her mother. Um, and they said that people sometimes do ritualistic behaviour before suicide, which is why she removed the silencer 
put it in the cupboard, got clean and changed, and then shot itself. I mean, it's plausible. What do you think happened in court? Oh, he's a rich, I'm presuming, white boy. Yes. Not guilty? Or guilty for, like, two months in prison? No, he was sent to prison for a minimum of 25 years. <gasps> when did he get out for good behaviour? He is still in prison, and he will probably be there for life. Oh, wow. What a beautiful ending. Um, But he maintained <laughs> his innocence. See... That's the trouble. I hate when they maintain innocence because if he is innocent, it's a shit one. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it is kind of believable that someone who struggles with their mental health, someone who hasn't had a good relationship with their family, you know, someone that's got a lot of pressures going on, could just snap. It's happened before. But it doesn't really seem like that's what's happened. No, not at all. And obviously that's what a jury's thought as well, so... Well, he'd said that um, it was likely that his sister had overpowered his father, which is why in court they were like, he's six-foot-two guy, he's pretty strong. He's in good health. He's he's in good health. Why would he have just let himself get shot eight times? If she walked in with a gun, he would overpower her. He, they said that she would never hurt her kids. She was in... Everyone said that she seemed fine. Well, also, if you're going to murder your entire family, you don't wait for your brother to go home. True. If you're in a house with everyone, the loaded gun is there. It's not like you found it afterwards. Why are you going to wait? Why are you going to be like, all right, see you later, and then murder the rest of your family? You're not. You're going to kill everyone. Well, it was definitely a bit sketchy. Also, the fact that he'd um, entirely said everything... He just told his girlfriend everything. I feel like it's too specific. Well, allegedly. Yeah, I mean, he did tell her, but that doesn't mean that it was she... He actually did tell her. She could have just been lying about that. Exactly, yeah. Because she was mad at him. Yeah. I think he's guilty. I think he is, but only because... The silencer thing is so bizarre. You wouldn't kill everyone with a silencer and then take it off to kill yourself. And... From sort of seeing gunshot victims and stuff. I just did a personal safety training course, all right, and we learned about gunshot wounds. Um, I think maybe if it was one one bullet wound, maybe it would be slightly more believable. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. If it had been one to, like, you know, the throat or the face or whatever, then maybe. But it's like those people that, like, have suffered from mental health issues a long time. They've decided to take it, you know, to the end. Um, jumped off a bridge, been saved, and been like, yeah, as I was two-thirds of the way down, I really regretted it, I wanted to live, right? Mm-hmm. If you shoot yourself in the face and you don't do it right, first of all, your natural human instinct is to to be like, oh, no, I'm I'm shot, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna, I need to save myself. But also, mentally, you probably would be like, why the fuck have I done that? Why have I done everything? Do you know what I mean? It's going to snap you out of it. Yeah, also, she did have her antipsychotic medication in her system. So it wasn't like she was unmedicated this month and, you know, she'd gone to her parents' house and was having, like, a violent episode. She might have had an episode, but she was still on medication. True, but with medication for mental illness, it does take about a week to be properly in your system. So she could have missed a month and then taken it that night or that morning and it's still not, you know, it's not helping your brain like it should be. 
Either way, it is written on his Wikipedia profile that he's a mass murderer. So that's what is accepted. Familicide. Let us know what you think, what you think happens. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I haven't heard of that. It's a good one, isn't it? It's weird because it's just over the water from me. Quite fascinating. It is. Okay, that's all I have for you. That was really interesting. Well, if you like the podcast and you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at Myths Magic Pod. And if you want to go over to Patreon so you can get these podcasts in extended video form, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Myths Magic Murder. Yeah, over on Patreon, we give you everything, really. We have a little coffee and a catch-up before the episode, so you can love it. Um, and then we obviously have our bright, beautiful faces on screen so that you can actually see us while we're talking to you. In addition to that, you guys can have a chat. We give you some polls. We we let you see things like new merchandise designs. Wink, Ooh. wink. Before they come out and you can tell us what you think of them. You can be like, okay, that Halloween is shite. And I'll be like, all right, it's still coming out. <laughs> As well with merchandise, you get 10% off if you're a patron. And our merchandise, should you wish to see it, is on the website, mythsmagicandmurder.com. On the website also, we have a referrals and suggestions thing. So if you want to tell us a story that is yours, great. If you want to be like, I heard about this thing, you should cover it. Great. We love it. It's a good time. And if you have any haunted happenings, terrifying tales, or spooky stories, you can email those on mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Sick one. Tell me about this this guy. All right. The Mad Gasser. My sources are Wikipedia, historicmysteries.com, mysteriesareunsolved.com, mysteriousuniverse.org, animalian.com, smalltownmyths.com, and Mattoon's Daily Journal Gazette. I'm going to go out on a crazy one here and suggest that this is unsolved. Whoa. Am I a psychic? Pretty bold of you to assume. So let's start at the beginning. What the fuck is Mattoon? <laughs> it sounds like a Star Wars Right? <laughs> I was just thinking that. It's a city in Coles County, Illinois, with an estimated population of about 17,600. I'm sorry to all 17,600 of you in Mattoon who live on a Star Wars planet. It does sound... Yeah, it sounds sci-fi. It does sound pretty sci-fi. It was originally a swampy prairie in the north and a timber-laden wood in the south. Ooh. So two very, like, diverse yeah, ecosystems going on. Although, obviously, now it's been built on. And in 1986, Mattoon dubbed itself the bagel capital of the world. Oh, hell yeah. I love bagels. Mm-hmm. It had the, lar- the world's largest bagel, and it caused Lender's Bagel Fest to be a thing. It's at the end of July. It's a three-day bagel festival, which honestly sounds like my kind of place. So watch this space, Mattoon. You'll be seeing me soon. Oh my god, it rhymed again. Wow. Regardless, this isn't the bagel podcast, for those of you that don't know. It is. Well, that's this the end. This is the bagel show. <laughs> yeah, Abby's bit in the beginning was just a bit of news. Give us a message on Instagram if you want us to do a side podcast about bagels. I'd rather you didn't, because I don't have that many bagel facts. Anyway. (laughs) There is something more sinister around the corner. Back in 1944, so before the bagel festivities, there was a gasser on the loose. It began on August 31st, 1944. It was a Thursday. And a man called Urban Rayef woke up in the morning 
and could smell something odd. So odd, in fact, that he was physically sick because of it. Whoa! He couldn't pinpoint what it was, so he woke his wife up to see if she could smell it too. She could, and she thought it might be a pilot light issue on their boiler, and was about to get up and check when she realised she couldn't move her legs. Oh, that's terrifying. After a short time, she got feeling back to her legs, and when she checked the pilot light, it was working perfectly. Ooh. Pretty spooky. A little later on, on the same day, a young mother reported the same thing happened to her. She could hear her daughter coughing from the other room, and as she tried to get up to check on her, she realised she couldn't move any of her lower body. That's really scary. Right? Again, this went away after a short period of time, and both she and her daughter were okay. Also, so were the original couple. They were fine in the end. Okay. The very next night, a similar thing happened to Mrs. Kearney and her three-year-old daughter, Dorothy. So, I do not know Mrs. Kearney's name, nor do I know her sister's name. That's why I'm calling everyone Mrs., because no one cared about women's first names. (laughs) According to an archive from the Daily Journal Gazette, it was just after 11pm on Friday night, the 1st of September 1944, and Mrs Kearney went to bed with Dorothy and left her sister, Mrs Reedy, in the living room to look after her son, Roger, and Mrs Kearney's other daughter, Carol, both of who were two years old. When Mrs Kearney and Dorothy got to the bedroom, she could smell something sickly sweet and thought it was the flowers outside the window but it grew stronger, and eventually her lower body was paralysed. Ooh, spooky. Obviously, Mrs Kearney yelled for her sister, who came to the shut door and asked what was wrong. When she explained, Mrs Reedy realised that the odour would have been coming through the open window, so she ran next door to Carl Robertson's house to call the police, and he started searching the yard and the local streets to see if he could find the gasser. To no avail. It's smart that... She immediately went to sort that out rather than going to help. Yeah. I feel like it's a natural reaction that you'd do. Police could not find the person responsible or any clues. Ooh. Just a few hours later, at half past midnight, a man was seen standing by that very window again. And Mr. Bert Kearney, once word had, you know, got to him that this happened to his wife, he'd come home because he worked as a taxi driver and he'd seen this man stood outside the window. Get him, Bert. So he ran after him. Yeah, get him. But the loiterer escaped. No. <laughs> and Mr. Kearney gave the police um, a description that he was tall, dressed in dark clothing, and wore a tight-fitting cap. Again, though, when police searched the neighbourhood, no one was found. Both mother and daughter were okay after about half an hour, after the odour had left, and it had no lasting effect apart from a slight burning of the lips for a couple of hours. It got people questioning, though, why is this going on? It was speculated that it might have been because Mrs Kearney had been counting large sums of money earlier in the evening, and perhaps someone had seen, and it was all part of an elaborate burglary. That is a very elaborate way to do things. Right? Just knock everyone out. Paralyse them from the waist down. Yeah. Then on September 5th, Carl and Beulah Cords came home at about 10pm after being out for the evening. After spending a couple of minutes at home, Beulah realised there was something on the porch, so she went out and picked it up. It was a man's white handkerchief. Sketchy. 
For some reason, best known to herself, she gave it a good sniff and promptly threw up. She said it was like receiving an electric shock. And she got a burning mouth in addition to vomiting and a swollen face. After a few minutes, she couldn't feel her legs or lower body and had to be helped by her husband. Gosh. According to the couple, that spot on the porch is normally where the family dog slept. So it might have been used to knock out the dog to get easy access to the family's home. When authorities arrived and searched the nearby area, they found a well-used skeleton key and a large tube of lipstick that was nearly finished. Analysis on the cloth returned no results that could have explained Bueller's reaction. So basically, they've not got a clue what's going on. Hmm. Other reports don't have loads of information about them. It's just kind of like, same thing happened, you know what I mean? But there are at least 16 more reported occurrences fitting the same MO as the ones I've already mentioned. And that only goes up to September 13th. It affected over 35 people. Whoa. At this point, though, the FBI had gotten involved. And police were so busy trying to disband vigilante groups that were out there armed, looking for a gasser to kill. Plus, there were so many false alarms from locals who thought they could smell gas. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that you could, like... Yeah. Start getting, um... How do you word that? I don't know. Like mass you... hysteria. Well. Oh. Bear with. So they reduced the priority of gas reports because they were like, everyone is just telling us about this. We can't, we can't keep panicking every time it happens because everyone's saying it's happening. Interestingly, though, some reports stated that they saw a blue vapour, believed to be the gas that was poisoning people, accompanied with a buzzing sound, again believed to be from gassing machinery. Also a report from Bertha Birch identified the gasser as being a woman dressed in men's clothing. And at the location that Bertha was at, there were women's footprints, which could explain the tube of lipstick found at the previously reported one. Oh, perhaps. That's a pretty good disguise, too. Right? Dressed like a man, they'll never know. At this point, I imagine authorities were really feeling the heat. So they made what seems now to be a pretty rash decision. They said the reports of the mad gasser were just mass hysteria. Oh. Originally, they started off by saying, and I quote, There is no doubt that a gas maniac exists and has made a number of attacks, but many of the reported attacks are nothing more than hysteria. Fear of the gas man is entirely out of proportion to the menace of the relatively harmless gas he is spraying. The whole town is sick with hysteria. Saying that, though, is not going to make people feel better. Well. It's going to make them angry. <laughs> then by the t 12th of September, the chief of police said that there had likely been no gas attacks at all, and the reported incidents were probably triggered by chemicals or toxic waste released by the nearby industrial plants. The chemicals he said it could have been were carbon tetrachloride or trichloroethylene, both of which are sweet-smelling and can cause the symptoms that everyone reported. Oh, that makes sense. Right. But let's just explore those two explanations before I move on. Okay. First of all, if it's mass hysteria, why was there a cloth key and lipstick and footprints? That is true. I guess maybe someone just dropped the handkerchief and it blew into that direction. On someone's porch where the dog slept two minutes after they got home. And it was stinky. 
Mm-hmm. Someone dropped their lipstick and it blew into the yacht. Listen, if you're going to say someone dropped their skeleton key and it blew next yeah. to the lipstick. And then someone was in the garden looking for their lipstick. Someone left their shoes outside and then they blew into, <laughs> into the yard and made footprints. And then they went in to try and find all of the belongings that had blown into this yard. Listen, that was one thing I had to say. Also, if it's mass hysteria and there's a gasser, what does it matter? You've still got a problem. You've still got to deal with it. You have to fix the problem, guys. Yeah. You can't just keep ignoring it. This people s- can't feel the legs. There's still a random gasser walking around the city paralysing people, and you're just like, well, just I'm just saying, it. there's an issue here that needs to be resolved. There is. Alternatively, if it was toxic waste or pollution, then first of all, why did the workers at the industrial plants not report any of these issues? Or seeing the gasser, or, you know, anything? Yeah. Mm. That is pretty sketch. Also, the main company implicated said that their facility only had five gallons of carbon tetrachloride and trichloroethylene wasn't responsible for this sickness because it would take large quantities to cause this, but it only affected a few random townspeople. Mm. So ignoring these explanations, we're left with a genuine gasser that literally left clues and was never caught. Or an explanation I'm sure you'll love. Aliens. Aliens. Oh, hell yeah. What do you think it was? Gas aliens. Big gas aliens. I think it was someone doing stuff. Yeah, you think it was a person? Yeah, I think that makes... I don't really understand how, and I don't understand why. Because you're not killing people, you're not robbing them. What are you doing? Just being a menace? Well, see, it's possible that it was kind of burglaries gone wrong. Because if you look at both times, if they tried to pacify the dog... But then the people had come home. Yeah. And also the other time, if they didn't realise their sister was there. It would make sense to, if you were like, I want to rob somebody, but I don't want to kill them. I don't want to get in trouble. What's the best way? Sedating them all would be a very convenient, Mm -hmm. harmless and painless way. Yeah. Even if they were just paralysed from the waist down, if you were wearing a disguise, you could just go in, calmly take things and leave. What on earth were you looking at behind me? I was looking at my phone and I just saw it. Oh pop. my god, you I got just a scared the actual crap out of me. It's the mad gasser of Madoon. Oh no, man's like 70 years old. He's still gassing. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the most likely thing because it doesn't make sense for the workers to not have that. No. I think that's the that's the real key here. That's the kicker. But as I said, I think it's bizarre anyway that you'd be like, don't worry, it's just the toxic chemicals you can smell. <laughs> no, right? Like that's any less... Are you joking me? I look like a ghost. Any less worrying? No. There's still a problem going on. Something's still wrong. Yeah. So I think it was a person. What about you? I think, yeah, I think it was a person. It has to be, right? It's got to be an unsolved true crime, really. That's what we're looking at. It's like they tried to do it the first time and then they couldn't do it, so they tried to do it again. I understand the the hysteria kind of linking in, do you know what I mean? Because if I heard that there was a gas man on the loose, first of all, I'd be like, oh my fucking God, I've been gassed. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure if some of them were. Yeah, but but I do think that some people were genuinely affected by a random gassing anaesthetist yeah and it wouldn't be like a weird lie would it like oh i come into this room and now i can't feel my feet like, why would <laughs> right. you say Whoa, that oh now i can't stand up 
What kind of weird <laughs> why would that be? That's not even like an insurance fraud case. That's like a oh my legs are paralyzed. But I'm fine now. But I'm okay now. Just a good story to tell, I guess. And then someone heard that and went, I could tell a good story like that too. I mean I suppose, but equally, there are other good stories you can tell. Oh yeah, it's pretty dumb. I think someone was going around. Yeah. Trying to rob a house. Failed. Went, I'll just try again, it's fine failed and was like i can do it i promise <laughs> and then everyone was like i'm being gassed yeah and then they were like i'm giving up <laughs> they're like you know what i'm not gonna get caught for it because everyone's an idiot yeah yeah that That's... was my that was my true crime this is why when i said to you i'm doing a true crime but it's not really that deep because nothing really happened i was trying to find one the same but i couldn't so i had to cover mass murder i found this at the same oh my god you really went the other way, huh? I couldn't find, like, a comma. I was googling, fun true crime, but you know what doesn't exist? Fun true crime. Wrong. This one was pretty fun. Also, the Halifax Slasher. I don't remember which one that was. That was the one where it was not real as well. I found them at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, spoilers. Sorry. Look, <laughs> it's not my fault you're reading. Reading. Reading from the end and working your way back. And I on think that that's note, all I want to cover because we've been here for a while. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. You're done. Don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>